You are listening to a sermon from Linworth Road Church. For more information about Linworth Road Church, please visit www.linworthroadchurch.com. It's the day that my wife, uh, Sandy, put her faith in Jesus Christ. Jim Zuber here was, uh, had something to do with that. He shared the gospel with her, and uh, she became a Christian that day. She was born again. She received the Holy Spirit. She has eternal life, and it was just a very special day. I didn't know her at the time. She was single, um, nursing student at Ohio State. A little bit after that, Sandy began inquiring because her life had changed. She wondered, what is God's will for my life? What does God want to do with me? What kind of vocation would I have? What about marriage? What about family? Where should I live? All those kinds of questions. And so she asked one of the elders in the church, his name is Bill. She said, Bill, can you give me some help on this question of what is God's will for my life? And he paused for a moment, and he opened up his Bible, and he read a verse to her. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pretty straightforward, right? In everything give thanks, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, what we're going to do this morning, we're going to look at a man who did the will of God. Uh, this was a man who gave thanks. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at this story in the Gospel of Luke. We're in a series on the Gospel for Everyone uh, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 17. So if you could stand, and we're going to read this passage. It's not a long passage. It's in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. This is on page 876 in the Bible in your pew. It's a story of the ten lepers. It's a story that only appears in Luke. Starting in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. You can have a seat. As I mentioned, this is the only place in the scripture where this story appears, the story of the ten lepers. And what I want to do is just to go through this passage little by little. We're going to look at and unpack this, <clears throat> this passage. It starts off by saying that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. This is a familiar statement that appears actually in the Gospels. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. I believe this is his last trip uh, because he's about ready to go to Jerusalem to be crucified and, of course, to be raised from the dead. As it says here, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten 
lepers who stood at a distance. Now, you probably know about this, about leprosy in the scripture. It was, it was a sign, it was a picture, really, of, of sin. That's what it is, a picture of. And in the Old Testament, a leper was, his life or her life was just, just uh, terribly changed uh, for the worse. Uh, William Barclay, New Testament commentator, has this to say about leprosy. The whole appearance of the face is changed when a person has leprosy till the man loses his human appearance and looks, as the ancients said, like a lion. The nodules grow larger and larger. They ulcerate. From them, there comes a foul discharge. The eyebrows fall out. The eyes become staring. The voice becomes hoarse, and the breath wheezes. The hands and the feet always ulcerate. Slowly, the sufferer becomes a mass of ulcerated growths. The average course of the disease is nine years, and it ends in mental decay, coma, and ultimately death. The sufferer becomes utterly repulsive, both to himself and to others. You know, just the word leprosy there, just as a word on a page, but just to understand what this was like for an individual, it was horrific. It was horrific. A person's, of course, their health was gone, you know. And, and everything about the person's life was changed. Everything. Uh, their, you know, how about work? Where, where, where are you going to get work? You're going to be uh, working in a restaurant? That's not going to work out very well. Uh, anything they would touch, people would have suspicion on. So they, would, they wouldn't have a vocation. They wouldn't have money. What about family? Their family had to separate from them. Uh, their friends, they didn't have any friends, and they were isolated. In fact, it says here that they stood at a distance, and that's what they had to do. And it was just a horrific situation to be in. And that was the case for these 10 lepers. They stood at a distance, and they cried out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So, so difficult. Let's go on to the next passage, next verse there, verse 14. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, this is an interesting point here. In the Old Testament, when someone had leprosy, they were to go to the priest to see what kind of leprosy it was. Uh, some leprosy was actually uh, not as bad as others, and it was something that they could be still part of society. In fact, when Jesus gave this statement here, go yourselves to the priest, I, I was thinking about this this week, I wondered what was in their mind. I wonder if maybe these 10 lepers thought, hey, maybe we're, we've got the good kind of leprosy, you know, and off they went. In fact, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to heal you. He just said, go to the priests, what he said, and that's exactly what they did. And of course, with Jesus, he didn't just, you know, just send them off to the priests so they had this, you know, lesser type of leprosy. He transformed them. He cleansed them. And as they went, they were cleansed. One commentator said about this that uh, that's the term that's used. It's not healed typically, although that's used as well. But the, the image there is cleansing. There's a cleansing that occur, occurs, and it's a picture, again, of us being cleansed by our sin, of, of our sin. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. The word that 
impressed me here was the word loud. It was a loud voice. Before they were lifting up their voices, but at this point, he was loud in his praise of God. He was just, just so thankful, this 10th uh, this leper. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And then Luke points this out. Now, he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. I was reflecting upon what a Samaritan was. A Samaritan was, in Jewish society, was kind of like a half-breed. He wasn't a full Jew. Uh, these were ones who had been cast out and mixed with the Gentiles. And in some ways, they were looked upon more negatively in some ways than even the Gentiles in some ways. Because they were, you know, they, they came from Israel and they had been part of the loyal group. And now they were, they weren't, Jew, they were quite Gentile, they were kind of a mix, and it was actually more of a threat to the Jewish society than maybe even the Gentiles were. And it's interesting, I think about that term Samaritan. When you say the word Samaritan today in our society, would you say that's a positive term or a negative? Positive, right? Because we think about the good Samaritan, right? Well, not so for them. The word Samaritan was a very, very negative term. And it's interesting in the Gospels, how there's many Samaritans that Jesus really honors and praises. And it just, just shows, again, this value of Jesus that he'll take the ones who are the least valued in a society, and he works through them when they're people of faith. And so he highlights this, that he was a Samaritan, this Samaritan leper. But the main part of this whole story really is in these last few verses in Luke chapter 17, and really it's in verses 17 through 19 that I really wanted to focus here this morning. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? I was reading it this week, and the first thing I thought about was Jesus noticed the nine. <laughs> He noticed the ones who did not give thanks. That actually uh, caused me to reflect on this, that Jesus notices when I'm not the one giving thanks. Uh, it, it, it really stirred me this week to think about that. I was doing a study of this passage, and there was a man named uh, J.S. Lamar. He lived in the 1800s, and he wrote a commentary. And he had some interesting things to say about this particular passage. He went through and he thought about what were the reasons these nine did not come back and give thanks. And it got me stirred to think a little bit. And so I put my own little list together and I thought, well, what are some reasons that when God blesses us that we do not give thanks? So here's my list. You might have your own, but this is my list. Why I do not give thanks? Uh, one reason I may not give thanks, or maybe why they didn't give thanks here, was uh, they wanted to see if it's really real. This blessing from God, is it going to really take? I imagine perhaps maybe some were tempted to think, well, we'll see if this leprosy comes back. Let's test it. It's kind of like a football game. You know, they got a touchdown, but are there any flags there? Let's make sure it really takes, right? Is it really going to happen? That may be one reason they may have got to give them thanks. Here's another one that I think about a lot. I got, I'm busy. I've got more things to do than go back and give thanks to Jesus. And in fact, I think these lepers, former lepers, they probably uh, thought this way. Just imagine they had their leprosy taken care of, cleansed. 
I imagine at that point, all was on their mind was getting back to normal society, going back to their families, going back to their homes, going back to their businesses. I mean, it's a natural reaction. And they might have thought, well, you know, we can always thank God later. That was, could have been a normal reaction. Here's another reaction that you might have. They might have thought, well, you know, this really, what was, this was all about was, he said, go to the priests. This is all because we're part of this religious society. That's why this happened. Really, it's the priests who did it. It was the religious society that really led to the healing. And, uh, and that's really what did it. So often we can think that, you know, it's really my church or my religion or my denomination or whatever it might be, that's what really makes the difference. It's really not Jesus who does it. And so we don't really thank him. We look to men rather than to God. Here's another reason to not give thanks. You might think this way, you know, he told us to go to the priest, and really I noticed as I was walking, that's when I got healed. I'm sure it was my walking that did it. Probably the brisk walking, it got the metabolism up. You know, maybe that led to some healing and the leprosy went that, gone that way. So I'll, maybe I'll even do a seminar on this issue of how, how brisk walking heals leprosy. Some self-help things. So we don't give thanks to God. We give thanks to ourselves because we did it. We really did it. Here's another one. You know what? I think it was this community of lepers because we stuck together. That's why I did it. I was by myself a few weeks ago, then I joined this group of lepers. We stuck together, and then we got healed. We're better together. That's why it happened. We can do that. We can focus on our friendships or our groups, as important as those are. Or how about this one? <clears throat> you know what? I think I would have been healed naturally. It was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of time that I would have been healed. I'm sure this was as a result of natural causes. That's what happened. So that's, a, that's another reason why we may not give thanks. And this is a big one for me. God knows my heart. He knows I'm thankful. I, do I need to say it all the time? I mean, he, he knows I really love him and he knows I'm thankful. I don't need to keep on saying it. Here's a good one here. <clears throat> Just imagine these nine lepers are going, and they look back, and they see this one guy praising God and giving thanks, and he's just being effusive in his praise and just thanking God all over the place and just thinking, like, you know what? That guy is really emotional. I can never be as thankful as he is. There's no way. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to let him be my designated thanksgiver. That's what I'm going to do. He's really good at it, and I'm sure Jesus would understand that that guy represents the ten of us. Okay. Sometimes I think weird thoughts like that. But here's the one that I think about the most. Why I don't give thanks. God, it's about time. God, it's about time. If you had really loved me, I would not have had leprosy in the first place. You have all power. You say you're, you have all love. Why did I have to go through all of this suffering all the years? I mean, if it was up to me, we would have just avoided this whole mess. You playing with me? Are you just, we just, what's going on here? And God, I'm not giving thanks to you. It's about time you finally did the trick. 
I don't say those words, but boy, I feel them a lot. And what's interesting about this man, I don't think he had that in his mind. I think what was unique about this one leper is I think something was going on in his heart for quite a while. I think this leper, I think he had developed a heart attitude towards God of thankfulness and gratitude so that he was giving thanks to God by faith without seeing things. He was giving thanks to God by faith. So when God healed him, he gave thanks by sight. I think that's what happened. I read this this last week. Uh, there's a man named Matthew Henry. He was a famous Bible commentator. And one day he was robbed of his wallet. And he wrote this in his diary that night of all the things that he was thankful about. He said, first, he was thankful that he had never been robbed before. That was something he was thankful for. Second, he was thankful that though they took his wallet, they did not take his life. Third, he was thankful that because even though they took it all, it wasn't very much. <laughs> Look at that. And then finally, he was thankful because he was the one who was robbed, and he was not the one who did the robbing. That's a good one, isn't it? So there was a man that was able to see the good in things. Uh, in December, I was reading through the Psalms, and there's this one psalm. It's in Psalm 136. It's a very interesting psalm where the writer he talks about how good God is. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods for his loving kindness is everlasting. Uh, to him who made the moon and the stars for his loving kindness is everlasting. And there's 26 verses there. And every single verse ends with, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, I live in a society that, I, that likes variety, you know, and I have to tell you, sometimes I, I read this song, I, I got it, God, okay, your loving kindness is everlasting. You said it 26 times, and I was, okay, God, you know. Then I had to stop and think, you know something? There's not another psalm, there's not another chapter in the Bible where God says the same thing 26 times. I don't know of one. It makes me think, God really wants us to know this one, <laughs> that his loving kindness is everlasting. He, he said it 26 times in the same chapter, maybe because we don't really believe it. And so it was a good lesson for me. We live in a world that slanders God. We live in a world that slanders God, that says, God, you don't really love me. You really don't care for me. You don't know what you're doing. And by the way, we, I say we live in a world, and you know why? Because, because of this body of sin that I live in. My body is telling me things in my mind. I don't need the world. I don't need, I don't need the media or anyone to tell me that. I've, I have it in just who I am. It, I am tempted all day long to think, God doesn't really love me. My bones ache. I'm getting older. I'm on Medicare now. I mean, things are, I'm just getting, things are changing for me. You know, there's, there's things in my life that I wish why did this have to happen? Something with 
my family or my kids or whatever it might be or finances or health or whatever it might be. We have all kinds of reasons to think if he really loved me, he would not have allowed this to happen. Somehow or another, this one leper, I don't think, I think he battled this. I'm sure he, I'm sure he was tested with this, no doubt about it. But somehow or another, he was winning this battle. I think he was, he had gotten to a point, I'm speculating, someday we're going to meet him. I'm going to ask him this question when we see him in heaven. But I, I'd, I'd like to hear his spiritual journey. I'd like to know what was going through his mind. And I just have this picture of a man who could have thought, you know, I'm a leper. And not only am I a leper, I'm a Samaritan leper. I mean, talk about getting a bad hand dealt to me. Man. And he could have really, really gotten bitter. But I think, I think this man, I think he said, I don't understand this, but I believe that our God is a good God. I think that God really, really cares for me. I don't see it by sight, but I believe it by faith. Sandy and I, with our children, taught them the alphabet. And, you know, the alphabet is a wonderful thing. It's, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way up to Z, right? And uh, one thing we talked our kids was that, you know, A comes before B, and B comes before C, and all that, all the way down, down to Z. And uh, that's, that's the alphabet. And one of the points that we said to them is, <clears throat> you know, uh, there's some letters in the alphabet that come before others, and uh, there's a spiritual lesson on this, and the spiritual lesson is this, is that did you ever know, notice, that the letters K and the letter O come before the letter Y. Did you ever notice that OK comes before Y? Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> I know it's corny, but it worked. <laughs> OK comes before Y. OK comes before Y. Why, God? Why are you doing this? It's OK to ask why as long as the okay comes before why. Lord, I trust you. You know more than I do. I thank you. I thank you for my circumstances. I believe in you. I think you know what you're doing. I think you care for me. Okay, Lord. And then we can ask why. Get instruction from him. But this is a lesson that seems like God is teaching people over and over in the scripture from Job on. Okay comes before why. I think this man was different than these others. Let's conclude here with verse 19, then something Jesus says, and this caps this passage. And he said to him, this is what Jesus said to this leper, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. What did he mean by that? What did Jesus mean when he said to this leper, your faith has made you well? One answer may be simply that he obeyed Jesus. You know, he told all 10 of these lepers to go to see the priests. And so they did, and they walked, and then they were healed. Maybe that's the case. This is very similar to a story in the Old Testament where Naaman, another leper, 
was told, just go and wash yourself in the river and you will be healed. And, and he obeyed and he trusted God and sure enough, he was healed. So it could mean that. But I think maybe it means more than this. Uh, it may mean what I just talked about, that perhaps it was his attitude of faith that because he was a man who was giving thanks by faith, his, this was demonstrated and he exploded with thanksgiving and loud voice when he saw the blessing of God by sight. Maybe that's what he's referring to, that his heart had been prepared to be a person of faith. But uh, I would have to say this probably more clearly, this is what happened. This man did something that the other nine did not do. The other nine were told to go and see the priest. They were part of this religious system where they were to you know, show, show themselves to the priest, but this man did something different. Jesus said the term he used, who returned to me? There was a turn. This man did not stay in this system, this religious system, but he turned, he came to Jesus. That's what happened. He came to Jesus. He saw this man, Jesus, this God-man, is the Savior of the world. And he fell on his face, and he praised him, and he thanked him. I think that is the faith that saved him. These others, they had their bodies cleansed. They had their bodies healed. This man had his soul healed. This man was saved. That's what happened to my dear wife, Sandy, back in August 31st of 1975. She was a religious person. Uh, she was a faithful churchgoer all her life and very dutiful. She was even somewhat of an evangelist for her church. And she would go up and down the dorms and try to get people to go to church. But she didn't know Jesus. That's the difference. She never had that personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And that was the day on August 31st, she saw who he is. She saw him, that he is the Savior of the world, that he came to forgive us of all of our sins, that he paid for all of, my, all of our sins. She was a woman who understood, like this leper, that, you know, all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. Uh, it's the great leveler, it's our sin. It doesn't matter what race we are or what we talk about politics, Republican, Democrat, for Trump, against Trump, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. We, we are all sinners before a holy God, and there is a great Savior. We are great sinners, and Jesus is a great Savior. And that's what happened with this man. He made a turn. There's a verse in Hebrews. It says that the elementary principles of following Christ is to repent from dead works towards faith in God. That's the phrase that's used. We talk oftentimes about repentance. Sometimes we think of repentance, you know, repentance from, you know, stealing and lying and immorality and those things. And certainly that is part of repentance. But in Hebrews, particularly, he's speaking of repentance from dead works. And I think here, very vividly, this, this leper, former leper now, he repented from his dead works. That's the picture here. Repented from the whole Jewish mosaic system. And he turned to Jesus Christ, and he was cleansed, and he was saved. And that, of course, was the main message that Jesus was giving to the people at the time. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of salvation. And actually, this man's life is a great picture of our lives. Because 
we all have our areas of you know, leprosy. We all have those things that are, we, we have our sin areas. We have those things in our lives that are afflicting us, that causes us to question God. I have them. You have them. Uh, but this man, again, he fought that, it seemed, but he came to Jesus, and he was healed. Now, later on, though, this man died. We know that. It's, it's a point for all men to die, and he died after this. But we know there's a day, all of us here sitting in this room who believe in Jesus Christ, we know we will see Jesus Christ. We will be glorified. We will see this man. Uh, he will not have leprosy at all. He will be totally cleansed. He'll have a glorified body. What a day that's going to be. And so this is a picture really of, of our healing and our glorification. And what a wonderful day that'll be. And on that day, we're all going to look back and we're going to say that momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that's far beyond all comparison. We're all going to be thanking God on that day. Might as well start giving thanks today. Because if we go, on that day, we're going to look back and say, oh, now I understand the why. So let's start saying, okay, now, and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's interesting, the very last words in this passage is Jesus saying, your faith has made you well. And he looks at this man. He sees him. He says, your faith has made you well. The very, very first words in this passage is Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem. Jesus Christ was on the greatest mission that any person has ever been on. No one can compare to this. He's the greatest who's ever walked on this earth, and this mission at this very point in time was the greatest mission. And yet, at this very moment, Jesus stopped. He stopped. Someone caught his attention. It was this man who praised him, who gave thanks to him. And I thought, what an opportunity we have in this life. We have a great opportunity in this life to thank God, to praise him. Uh, we can actually capture the attention of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the band to come up now. And I'm going to ask this, uh, this morning, do something that I don't know if I've ever done before uh, with... Uh, certainly not here at Linworth Road, is um, I want to take some time here and to ask you uh, to consider something. Um, I want to ask you, what is your Samaritan leprosy, as it were? What is the thing in your life that you look at and you say, why, God? Why? I have, why are you allowing this, or why have you allowed this um, we all have it. I have it. Uh, in fact, this morning, I, I just got on my knees and I told God, um, thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God. I don't understand it. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me right now. I think we all have things like this. And what I want to do is ask you to consider two things. First and foremost, if you have not made that personal decision for Jesus Christ, like my dear wife did, on August 31st, 1975, don't leave here without making that decision. Uh, he is the Savior of the world. 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you will not regret it because he is the Lord. He is the Savior of the world. If you have not made that decision, do that. If you have made that decision, I want you to consider what is that thing in your life that's, that's been difficult, that you have questioned, that you find yourself tempted to say to God, God, why? And we're just going to take uh, 60 seconds. We're just going to have some silence here, just quietly. And this is your golden opportunity to just privately to talk to God about it and say, God, I don't understand it, but I give thanks to you. And I trust you. You are a good God. Your loving kindness is everlasting. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds just for you and God to talk, and then I'll close this off in prayer. Jesus Christ, thank you for walking on this earth. You didn't need to do it. Lord, you didn't have to come. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should those who are lost be cast in life. Thank you, Lord, that you came to seek and to save those who are lost. You came to seek us. Lord, we don't understand all the reasons why there's so much sin and suffering in the world. We do know, Lord, that we are responsible. It's not your fault. It's our fault. Lord, I just confess that so many times we question you and wonder why you have things, allowed certain things. And uh, I know just, I believe this is the heart of this room here. We just want to say we trust you. Your loving kindness is everlasting. We thank you uh, for each of these situations. And that we thank you for the example of this man. May we be like him. May we follow in his footsteps. Maybe May we be people or people of faith. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you do that. You strengthen us for that purpose. And we love you, Lord. We love you very much. Thank you.